<laughs> you know, a break is a not break, and, that's not even and pain is a pain. Not even gonna, that's not debatable. <laughs> Abigail's husband is definitely not a horse. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Inconclusive, the podcast where we randomly select topics and argue about them. Coming up Inconclusive, my name is James. My name is Abigail. And my name is Candace. All three of us are educators at an international school in Taiwan and bring wildly different perspectives to the table. It is important to note that our individual opinions do not necessarily reflect those of our employer. Okay, let's begin. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the third episode of our series on education here on your favorite podcast, Inconclusive. I'm James. I'm here with Candace and Abigail. And today we're talking about vocational versus liberal arts education. So real quick to define our terms, vocational education refers to either secondary or post-secondary education that's designed to provide you with technical skills that are required to complete the tasks of a particular and specific job. And a liberal arts degree is usually disciplinary and it covers topics within the humanities as well as social, natural, and formal sciences. So that's arts, literature, history, psychology, could be biology, chemistry, mathematics. Uh, and the key difference is that at a liberal arts educational institute, uh, learners are usually required to take classes that are not necessarily within their field of study or may not be um, the degree or the, the, the job that they're going after. So I thought we'd start by just kind of, because uh, all three of us went to a liberal arts school, so mm -hmm. I thought uh, we could just start by kind of talking about uh, what our experience was at a, at a liberal arts school and having to take classes that weren't necessarily in our field. Um, so I'll go first. Um, I, for me, when I went to Covenant College, shout out, shout out Covenant, go Scots. Um, <laughs> we, I kind of went in, you know, I understood that I would have to take classes out of my, um, s my declared major, which was education, which kind of include, like, you know, when you're an education major, you kind of have to study a bunch of things anyways. And I was concentrating in history and math. So I kind of had both sides of that. Um, but one thing that I had to fulfill was a science requirement. And so I talked to one of the professors, Dr. Petcher. Uh, his wife was uh, Malaysian, ethnically Chinese. So he was like, hey, I know what it's like, you know, like, you know, Asian and all this stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. So he recommended that I take this class that he taught called, um, it was basically a philosophy of science class. And I was... Uh, second semester freshman and this class was meant for sophomores or above but he was like oh you know like you're from this you know multicultural background like you totally <laughs> get philosophy and i was like all right sure you know because i thought i was smart but i definitely was not so i'm in that class and it was the hardest class i've ever taken because they were just talking about crazy like we had a whole we spent like weeks just talking about like theories on the formation of the universe or like physics and gravity and stuff like that. So I thought that was kind of lame. I thought that 
it was kind of dumb that I had to take classes that were outside of my subject area. I thought I just really wanted to focus on it, like studying education stuff and history because that's what I was interested in. So that's a little bit of what my experience was at a liberal arts college. I, I loved it. It was great. Don't get me wrong. But that one class was very, very hard. Well, my experience with my liberal arts degree, which I loved, uh, I guess the, the biggest thing that I was kind of enabled to do through having that degree was take band all of my years mm. of college that I could do mm. concert band as well as uh, marching band, marching right? band as nice. and then also a pep band that played <laughs> at basketball games and volleyball games, lots of band things, which was great because the entirety of our band was, um, oh, I, I take that back, not the entirety of the band, but probably two-thirds to three-fourths of the band were non-music majors, non-music mm -hmm. anything, not even minors. So we had lots of engineers. We had lots of humanities majors uh, that had to do specific, like, English or history. And uh, so the band was used to working around our schedules so that we could um, still have time to do anything else we needed to for school. So I enjoyed that aspect of having a liberal arts degree the most probably other than the benefits of actually reading books for my degree which was wonderful <laughs> uh, other classes that stand out to me besides I had to take a class called physics and human affairs and I remember very little about it other than we practiced physics and had a lab and the professor on Halloween wore a sweater that he spent 20 minutes describing how he purchased said sweater. He had very long, brown, wavy, almost curly hair and was wearing a sweater made by the factory that made the costumes for Harry Potter. And he specifically wrote a letter to this factory so he could get a authentic Gryffindor sweater so that he could turn around and look like Hermione from the back. I think you've told the story. I've heard the story before. I hadn't. That's hilarious. This is my physics and human affairs class. I remember nothing else from time. it. Yeah. Nice. I do remember being upset about one class that I had to take. It was a required uh, class underneath the humanities courses called uh, human geography. And it was a format of lecture and test and the test would be an essay question and oftentimes the essay question would have nothing to do with 95% of the things that were taught in the course and I I know I shouldn't badmouth a class that because the professor could still be teaching it or anything but it was really just not my cup of tea for learning I couldn't do that style because he spent a good chunk of time ranting about young people in his apartment complex making noises at all hours of the day. And then the test question would say, tell us about the situation in Egypt and how it applies worldwide. And we were so confused. It's because the young people are making noise in his apartment complex all day. Correct. That's also a problem in Egypt. Young people making a lot of noises. Metaphorically and physically. Yes. What about you, Abigail? I went to two different liberal arts colleges. Um... The first one, I was a community college, and I did all of my, like, prereq stuff. So, actually, at my university, I didn't end up having to take as many non-major classes. Um, I took such an array of stuff. Um, I had been homeschooled previously, and so it was kind of just, like, the world is open and all of this um, choice that I didn't really have before, right? I didn't get to pick my classes in high school, that kind of stuff. Um, and I ended up taking just a, a ton of really cool stuff and then also some things that were really hard um my favorite class I would never have taken if it wasn't for liberal arts it was an anatomy and physiology class 
um, but also the two hardest classes I ever took, <laughs> I took because I needed science requirements and it was chemistry and um, stats. Uh, mm. I actually graduated, I would have graduated with a 3.9, but I failed my chem class. I didn't fail it. I got a 2.8 in my chem class. And so it dropped my like GPA. Yeah. Mm. So it dropped my GPA from a 3.9 to a 3.4. Hey, welcome to the club of 3.4s. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I'm in that club. I do not remember my GPA from college. I remember TBH. mine because it was one stupid chemistry class. And if I didn't have to take it, I wouldn't have taken it. And if I didn't take it, then I would have been able to graduate with honors. I feel like I graduated with honors. I feel like I had I'm, I didn't mean to throw that as a diss, but I, it was on the Yikes. question of GPA. <laughs> like, do you remember it? I think one semester I didn't have uh a four point and it was because of my spanish class my spanish class i very nearly mm -hmm. failed i think i got like a c minus so i was very thankful to pass it it was like the second like spanish two or spanish three mm -hmm. and boy it was tough i would just like memorize paragraphs of spanish by writing them on my mirror which i learned in bible drills when i was young i would write out a giant pa passage in spanish on my mirror and erase one word at a time and just go through it until i had memorized every blank and not all you'd see were dashes all the way across my mirror nice yay liberal arts so there's obviously a lot of advantages and disadvantages i think to a liberal arts degree we've all talked about classes that maybe were really difficult that weren't necessarily in our subject area or in our in our major uh and i think especially in the united states there's this idea that these two are kind of at odds liberal arts versus vocational school because um, like liberal arts educational places kind of have this like prestige like this oh you know like we're we're liberal arts like our <laughs> students are more well-rounded than yours yeah. and then the vocational yeah. schools are like well we train students for real jobs yeah. right and so we'll jump into that discussion right after this break <laughs> Welcome to Currently Reading with Abigail. The book I'm currently reading is The Twelve Miles Straight by Eleanor Henderson. This historical Southern Gothic novel is set in the Depression era and during Prohibition. This book takes place in the 1930s in Cotton County, Georgia. Two babies, one light-skinned and the other dark, are born to Elma Jessup, a white sharecropper's daughter. Their field hand, Genus Jackson, is accused of fathering one of them. He is lynched and dragged down the 12-mile straight, the main road in town. The farm's inhabitants are forced to contend with their complacency in a series of events that left a man dead and a family fractured. Elma begins to raise the babies as best she can. Revelations mount, and the carefully crafted web of lies begins to collapse around the family. See you next time. And we're back talking about vocational and liberal arts education. Uh, I think I'll go ahead and share my position on this. I think that a liberal arts degree is better uh, than a vocational school degree. And I know that comes to it as a shock yes. to Abigail because she totally thought I was going to go with the vocational side. 100%. Um, I think I used to be. I would say that when I was in a liberal arts school, I probably would have said <laughs> that, which is kind of dumb now that I've changed my mind. But I think um, one thing that is really kind of like, I guess, a selling point or whatever for liberal arts schools 
is the idea of like having to function in different environments that you may mm. not necessarily be familiar with. Mm. And um, a lot of educational institutes have like this idea of um, developing critical thinking and ability to adapt to different situations. And I think in a world that's really changing, that's uh, to, to me that's more important than having a, a specific trained uh, education in one certain area that's geared toward one specific career. Uh, and the danger for that, I think, would be like, you don't know, for example, how long that position would last. Mm. You know, if you get trained as a, um, I don't know, I guess I, I can't plumber? predict, a plumber. Um, well, I feel like we're going to need plumbers. That's that's my thought too. Right. Wait, so I'm sorry, you well, keep going because I'm going to have thoughts on this. It's <laughs> like the humanness of a liberal arts degree, not saying vocational schools aren't human, but like I think liberal arts schools teach skills that are more, are harder to replace with a machine, I guess. And um, I think to me that, that makes it, it provides a more well-rounded education it exposes the student to different facets of you know different subject areas like physics and human affairs or like you know anatomy like stuff that we maybe won't really apply to what we're going to be doing in our job field but would be a good thing to know and have exposed because learning how to adapt in an environment like that is an important skill especially in the job market mm. I have mixed feelings about this. I'm going, I'm not going to say that the vocational side is devil's advocate, but for the sake of contrast, I'll just say that I personally, even though I'm an English teacher, even though I have a liberal arts degree, even though I love liberal arts study style, I love to get mm. the survey of the world's knowledge in different ways that have to do with people. I like that. I do... <laughs> I almost wish that I could have gotten a liberal arts degree along with a survey of real world maintenance because mm. there's there's not a there's not a whole lot of jobs out there that feel irreplaceable when you're in the moment but the ones that are are very important like electrician plumber even car, car mechanic, mechanic yeah. Yeah, yeah like yeah. I I remember I know that I could potentially teach myself at least like a crash course on car maintenance it could take a couple of years I could look up YouTube. classes online YouTube I could do video. YouTube YouTube is the single greatest teacher right now I would say of the world so many people are using YouTube to learn new skills all the time I actually just finished so reading. the question would be did YouTube go to liberal arts college <laughs> or <laughs> it's but that's kind of what's great is that it's an open marketplace of human knowledge it's like instead of it being in a liberal arts university it's just hey teach yourself a thing all you need is to be able to access the internet so I do like that vocational schools and uh, degrees still give you what you described as real-world applicable knowledge that is sometimes irreplaceable, even with the advent of so much more AI or, or robotic mm. or machine-driven parts of our economy. There's, there's not a whole lot of ways that you can replace jobs that have to do with the home. Like, 
there's I, I can't think of any design for a model of a machine that would work in the same way that a plumber could in mm. most every household in, in your average American community. And I'm jealous of that. There's there's always talk about English teachers being replaceable or or school teachers like mm-hmm. all the kids can learn the material themselves. Mm-hmm. Like we are kind of considered a commodity that you could replace easily. Yeah consider the fact that American schools are shut down right now because of the coronavirus. A lot of American schools, and they're moving to online formats, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of universities that are trying to figure out some of the problems that are that there are with online schooling, as well as troubleshoot them on the go. And mm-hmm. of course, people, by the time this is over, may say, wow, you just can't replace a, a human-to-human contact classroom for long. But some may say, well, we survived okay. We, we had different formats. We had different apps and different classroom formats online that really helped, and we could get through the material. So teachers, I feel like, sometimes are considered to be this replaceable commodity, whereas yeah. nobody says man, we don't need plumbers. We don't need electricians. Everybody understands that even as the world gets more and more modern, the moment that suddenly the Wi-Fi is gone, we need that IT person. We need that person that is trained in whatever field that can come over and charge us 800 US an hour for a service (laughs) because they can. And they they make more money than anybody, I feel like, because they're so necessary to -to day-to-day life. Yeah. I think... um maybe to kind of add, but in a different way. I think that sometimes it's hard for me to justify the way that liberal arts um, education gets priced. So you pay Mm. per credit hour, and you're paying per credit hour for however your university goes out to get a degree that you can use to apply for a job. You can't apply for a job of, like, we're all teachers. You can't apply for a teaching degree with you know, an engineering degree unless you have some sort of teacher certification to go along with it, which you generally you need certain classes from a liberal arts type of school to be able to um, prove that you can do this job, right? But you're spending at least half, if not more, of your four years of education doing things that maybe aren't ap- applicable to your degree, right? Like, I teach English. I don't ever use my statistics or my anatomy and physiology classes. And I probably never will unless something happens drastically and I get recertified in a different area and then I teach it. But I had to pay for those classes, you know, upwards of $600 and per class, right? Or per credit hour. And if it was um, three credits, you know, that's $1,500 of something that was cool to learn. Like some of my favorite classes were... Um, the non-degree classes, like anatomy and physiology was actually my favorite class in college, but I never use it. And I paid however much I paid for that class to then it just sit and be some cool experience that I had where I could have spent that money and, you know, bought a plane ticket to a different country and experienced a different really cool thing and used it just as much, if not more than this cool knowledge that I have that's not applicable to my day and day, my day to day life. So maybe financially impractical. And with that, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. And welcome to the segment called Words Are Hard with Candace, where I share an interesting word or phrase. Today's word is clue. Clue means the fact or idea that serves to reveal something or solve a problem. And it comes from the late Middle English variant of clue spelled as C-L-E-W. 
The original sense was a ball of thread from the Greek myth of Theseus, who entered the labyrinth to kill the Minotaur, a half-man, half-bull. And when he did so, he unraveled a clue, a ball of string, behind him, so he could find his way back. Hence, a clue was one used to guide a person out of a labyrinth. Clue. And we're back talking about education, vocational versus liberal arts. Candace. So, Abigail, before the break, you mentioned that you wished that the classes that weren't required for your degree, that you wished you could trade them for the cost of a plane ticket equivalent because mm. you'd imagine that you would get more use out of that experience than necessarily the experience you've gotten so far out of those classes up to this point. I would like to push back on that. You mentioned one class being statistics. I feel like there may have been nuts and bolts from that class that you use in your teaching now, which some of them may have been common sense. Like, let's be honest, sometimes when we say if two-thirds of the classroom isn't getting the material, then I need to try a different uh, type of lesson. But I bet you there are different tools and tricks that you learned from that class that you use now. Am I at all correct? You are absolutely incorrect. That was another class that I would have failed, but I didn't fail because the professor let me give a presentation at a math forum about the color theory which is a very interesting geometry or not yeah geometry proof type thing um otherwise i would have failed with with like failed but then i got a 3.4 in the class because of the uh, kindness of that professor well. shout out whoever you are i'm sure you remember wow, me you, <laughs> do you remember you don't remember their name no oops I don't remember anything from that class other than sitting next to someone who understood what was happening Mm. and trying to have them explain it to me. (laughs) It was bad, guys. It was real bad. Mm. Well, never mind. Mm. My point is moot. But I hope that you found value in other classes that were not your degree. I did. I Mm. for sure did. I I don't think that they're invaluable. I don't think that they're not valuable. Um, I think that some of the experiences I had were amazing. And like, I have a really deep love of psychology because of my psych 101 professor. And it's something that's like a pet hobby of mine. And I really enjoyed, um, I took an art appreciation class and I learned all about like Frida Kahlo. She was like the main forerunner in this class. And I feel um, like I appreciate who she was as a person better. And I feel like when I see things by her or her artwork, I feel more of a connection to it. Those are things that like I happen to me now or I find joy in now because of those classes that I took that I wouldn't. But then at the same time, I had to pay for a choir class. The two of you know me, and uh, you know how well that worked out in my favor, which would be terribly. You know? No comment. <laughs> thanks. Absolutely thanks for my no dignity. Comment. I laughed mm. off mic because I didn't want to be rude. <laughs> I didn't even laugh because I'm not rude. Thanks, James. Ever. Oh, really? I am never rude. That is something I would think Speaking of. Speaking of not being rude, uh, here's some information that I found <laughs> about... Uh, would it be rude to interrupt you during your in- information? Is it that would what be, you're describing? but go ahead. No, it's okay. See, Carry I'm on. not rude. I'll let you interrupt me. <laughs> um, just kidding. I think, yeah, I think, Abigail, you're right in that some of the classes, like the content of the classes that... There are some classes that I've totally forgotten about the yeah. content of, uh, but I think that one of the main draws of a liberal arts education degree is the skills that you use to acquire that content or to Mm. process that content. Um, And I think that's something that uh, 
people who are hiring look for. Um, so here's so I went I did a little bit of research. Uh, this report comes from the Association of American Colleges and Universities, so it may be, I guess, slightly biased toward colleges and universities. But I you know I feel like. So what they did was they surveyed a bunch of employers mm. about what kind of candidates they're looking for. Mm. Um, and that they found that 93% of employers are looking for candidates who demonstrate capacity to think critically, communicate clearly, and solve complex problems. And they find that that is more important than their undergraduate major. Mm. And so that's in, it doesn't necessarily dis disprove any argument for vocational schools, but it's an interesting thing to think about. Like, if you are only being traded, trained in one particular trade, um, you could definitely solve complex problems relating to that field, of course. You know, that would be expected. But I guess there's a, an assumption that you may be less uh, flexible and less able to adapt to a new technology. And there are a lot of, I feel, I think of like kind of older, um, like I feel like, you know, the stereotype stereotype with millennials is like, we can figure everything out on the <laughs> computer, right? And versus like an old person that's like, you teach them one thing and once the computer updates, like they don't know where their email went, mm -hmm. right? Or they don't <laughs> know, what, you know, and I'm definitely not comparing vocational school students <laughs> to old people who don't know how to use computers. But I think there's that little bit of that st stereotype um, that if you're only trained in one field, it's harder for you to adapt um, and to change because you've just been focused on doing that one thing. I think that I might disagree a little bit, um, to use to borrow Candace's words. I think I'm going to push back uh, on that because as you were talking and kind of going through the statistics about critical thinking, um, in my mind, I started going to like doctors, right? So if I have cancer, I want to go to an oncologist who has an array of experience with cancer and the different types of cancers and how to treat cancer. I don't really want to go to my general practitioner who has had a more overarching kind of background of knowledge of medicine, right? Who mm -hmm. might be like, hmm, maybe it's this or maybe it's that or, right? I want to go right. to an oncologist because <laughs> they're going to be like, yep, it's this and it's here and this is the treatment plan for it, right? And and I think that kind of maybe in my mind is a little bit better of a comparison. I think that saying that um, someone who's vocationally trained might not have the same skills to think critically is probably incorrect, right? Because I think of someone who's trained to be an electrician, uh, and I could be wrong, but I assume that they're not only trained on how to wire fluorescent lights. They're trained on how to do all types of certain things. And they go to builds and they're able to see how the wires connect and where they need to go. Now, where outlets need to be, not only aesthetically for the house, but also practically for the clumps of wires, how to recreate, um, okay, a mouse has chewed through this, what things need to get replaced, what needs to be mm -hmm. redone, kind of this whole picture, rather than just this one, all right, um, line working kind of a thought, right? So that, in that sense it is. Um, and in the same way that I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to see someone other than an oncologist if I had cancer, I wouldn't want someone with a liberal arts degree and not necessarily an understanding of electric, electricianing, electricity, Ele I don't know. Electric study. <laughs> electric study um, to rewire my house, you know, I, anyway. Mm. I have a, a, 
I have a question, I guess, that has to do with this. Would we consider other, I don't even know if you would call this like vet school? Is it, would, would dental school, vet school, would those be considered vocational or are they liberal arts? Because I think usually you have to, sh- to get in, you have to have a, like a liberal arts yeah, degree. Right. Usually it's like you, you, you have, have a, a bio major something. or something, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a BS in something. They, but it feels like those would even be an extension of vocational because they're a yeah. specific focus within the degree. And yes, you have to have that background, but it is a, it is like if you have a vet degree, that's where you're where you're going to use it. It's not like a vet degree can work with a doctor's office necessarily. Though there have been movies that describe somebody being able to use their previous medical background in some other way. Quick side story about that. My husband broke his face out in rural Montana like a long time ago when he was young and um, like middle of nowhere Montana. And as they were driving back to get him into a hospital that could like actually treat him, the first place was a little town that only had a vet. And the vet was the one who did the initial MRI and gave him some um, tranquilizers (laughs) before they flew him to Seattle Children's um, and he got his face reconstructed. So I don't recommend going to the vet if you have problems, but that's what you made me think of. It does make sense, though, because it is somewhat of an overlap between, like, a body is a body, and there's some measure of overlap in medicine between vet and doctor practice. Well, and I think it goes back to that critical thinking when a situation arises, that quick on your feet, being able to adapt, even though it's not a horse, it's a person, and even though, <laughs> you know, a break is a not break, de- and, that's not even and pain is a pain. I'm not even gonna, that's not debatable. <laughs> Abigail's husband is definitely not a horse. <laughs> so the one reason I was thinking of that is because um, uh, the vet that I go to, I've been to two different vets living in Taiwan for my cats. I have two cats and both time or both uh, vets, I've watched them look up a particular condition with my cats. And I've had the thought of, shouldn't you know this already? But then I remember, oh yeah, they're a vet. They could treat any number of all these different subgroups mm-hmm. of animals. And they know, they know a lot about a lot of different animals, but they don't necessarily know every single thing about cats off the top of their head. Yeah. So even within vocational degrees or just degrees that have a specific focus that maybe didn't by itself require a liberal arts spread. Mm. I, I think that there is some measure of figure it out, learn about it on the job and, and do what you need to do to get by. And I think that plumbers and electricians who got their degrees 30 years ago, they're still maybe doing work and may have had to have supplemental training, but it's still within their focus. Yeah. But should the need for plumbing ever be lost, they what's what's the adaptability of that degree? You know. But like what's the? I mean the I mean I'm not the odds of not needing plumbers is remote astronomically well, low. Oh Astronom- yeah, but yeah. I w- that's not what I was going to say. What I was going to say though is my husband has a psychology degree. And because he has a psychology degree, there are certain fields that he can't, like, use it in, right? He can't go build bridges. So theoretically, if psychology ever went down and they needed, you know, and more engineers, he can't take his liberal arts psych degree 
and now build bridges. And as a teacher, I can't use my degree and all of a sudden be able to, you know, be a scientist. I would have to, I would have to have more training too. So I think the adaptability of a liberal arts degree is the same as the adaptability of a vocational degree, maybe just a slightly wider pool of options, right? Because as a teacher, you could become a professional learning coach or you could become um, something else. <laughs> Curriculum writer, maybe? Librarian. Um, librarian. <laughs> just saying yes. Candace would make a great librarian. She would be a great librarian. Because I have two cats and I knit. And you wear glasses I and wear you glasses. love books. I do love books. I, sh I would make a great librarian, guys. Yes, yeah. But I don't think I could deal with numbers, you know? Numbers, they bug me. And having, like, Dewey Decimal and System and all that. And had you gone, had you had a more mathematical focused liberal arts degree? They wouldn't bug me as much. Perhaps you would so be maybe, able to So maybe what we're that. saying is James would be a great librarian. There it is. Numbers. You but are I very ordered. That's I true. I am very ordered. But I, have I have don't have a huge love for books. You I don't think I totally agree with that. I think you don't have a, lo a deep love a for love non... I don't have a love for fiction. That's what I was going to I have say. a love for non-fiction. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He I calls fiction lies, which is in and of itself dumb. Thank I have you. a follow-up thought for That's what Abigail said. That's a topic for next week. <laughs> <laughs> fiction is lies? No. Fiction versus non-fiction. James is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> back, on, back on what you were saying, Abigail, about... Um, the, the adaptability is the same between vocational or liberal arts. Mm -hmm. I do feel kind of puffed up with pride at articles like what James cited earlier that talk about uh, liberal arts degree holders are more adaptable in general to critical thinking and to thinking on their feet and thinking big picture with ideas. But James's uh, statistics didn't say that they were. It said that employers were looking for candidates that were, right? Right. So it didn't say that that liberal arts majors were more adaptable or able to critically think. It said that employers are more likely to hire people with liberal arts because they assume they're more critical and adaptable. That's correct, which is a great time to throw in my next stat, which helps clarify that. So <laughs> among the same pool of employers surveyed, um, they found that more than half, so about 55% of employers prefer candidates with both a wide range of skill sets and uh, uh, field-specific mm. skill. So, like, teachers, right? They want you to be able to teach, obviously. Or if you're a salesperson, they want you to be able to know some marketing things. Um, but the interesting thing is, like, so that's, like, the majority of the responses. The next two I thought were interesting because the next, I anticipated the second one was to have specific knowledge about the field, mm. but it actually isn't. The next one is 29%, which is they're looking for candidates with a range of knowledge and skills that apply to a range of fields or positions. Hmm. And that lends itself better to a liberal arts degree yeah. because you've been exposed to different fields and coming in in third place with knowledge and skill, like employers looking for knowledge and skills that apply to a specific field at 16%. So it's interesting because even like... As a f as a fan of liberal arts education, I was even anticipating like oh probably like the stats. Mm. And before I looked this up, I was kind of thinking that the numbers would back up the the side for vocational uh, education. But it was interesting that it actually wasn't. It's almost almost double the amount of employers want candidates that have a broader um, 
you know, area of expertise. And mm. I think that has to do with being able to think from multiple perspectives. Okay, yeah. Thinking of like more like cutting edge, kind of like tech companies, you know, like Google, Apple, um, these big companies that are looking for like new ways to do things. So I think that a liberal arts education would kind of better prepare someone for that situation where we're lo where they're looking for people who are thinking outside of the box, who are being creative, who are critically thinking about what the situations, uh, situation is and different ways to solve that. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. Hi, and welcome to Jokes with James. My jokes bring the funnies. Bunnies are adorable. What's the difference between a poorly dressed man on a tricycle and a well-dressed man on a bicycle? A tire. See you next time. And we're back talking about education, vocational versus liberal arts. Abigail? You brought up right before the break that a lot of uh, businesses are trying to hire people who have um, a little bit of knowledge in a lot of places and then maybe some specific knowledge for the job task. And then the second most, right, is people who have a lot of, a little bit of knowledge about a lot, right? Yeah, range of knowledge, yep. Mm -hmm. One of the things you had also brought up was that a lot of, like, those kinds of things being good for younger tech companies and, like, Google or maybe Intel, that kind of stuff. Actually, interestingly, um, some of those tech companies no longer hire people with degrees. They're looking for right out of high school um, or people with a little bit of world experience to come in and to intern into their own training, which would be kind of vocational training in that company, right? So they can do the things, they can read the scripts, they can create the products in the way that Intel or Google wants them to be done, um, which I would kind of go back with that idea of that's more of a vocational interest, even if the training is being done by the company, than it is the broader liberal arts. Because I still think that although um, liberal arts lends itself maybe to this idea that you have a little bit of knowledge about a lot, I think you can't really discredit life experience or things that you know or are interested on your own. Yeah. It's kind of still that range of knowledge right. while you have your specific understanding and can do something specifically really well. Yeah, I'm definitely not saying that, like, I totally think life experience is more important. Like, that that to me, I, you can't, I don't think you can send a non-creative person to a liberal arts college and then suddenly when they graduate, they're just, like, <laughs> thinking out of the box all the time. Um, but and it I, may be a little bit easier. Potentially. And I'm, I mean, it depends on the student, too, right? There are kids who go, I mean, we had, we probably knew people in liberal arts college and we were like, dude, you're not going to make it. Mm. <laughs> or like, you know, they're just not really pushing themselves. Mm. Uh, but I'm, th for me, I'm thinking more about like the context that provides you with the opportunity for the most growth in the most areas mm. and having that be, you know, a marketable skill that you have is being adaptable in multiple areas. Mm. And I think that that is distinct in a liberal arts mm. college. Like you don't, you know, you can get job training at Google or whatever, um, but you don't get the, like, you don't get different perspectives on, uh, you know, the world today. You don't get like an art, 
an artist's perspective on the world. You don't get to go to a music class and experience, mm. you know, working with people who are from totally different fields and walks of life, right? And so that's that's a big that's a value for me. I think that really ties into kind of what we talked about last week, last episode too, though, kind of about like maybe you can put all kinds of people in one place, but you can't force them to talk or to learn or to interact with different ideas. I just had a thought about where we're kind of looking at comparing these two different fields with multiple pursuits behind it, like mm. different different purposes. So one purpose would be the value that uh, that degree has in the marketplace. But I think another perspective that we may be missing is the value that it has for the person. Because mm. we, we are teachers. We've had students. We've seen people. We've been in class with people where they uh, did not do well with an academic setting mm -hmm. and a liberal mm -hmm. arts degree for the most part is very academic setting driven but a vocational degree may be way more hands-on and be way more um, manifested in the physical space so that a person who struggles with more abstract uh, thinking or abstract thought that uh, then has to include big ideas or brainstorming in a way that is maybe outside of their comfort zone it's not necessarily where they need to be but they may love absolutely love fixing air conditioners like they may just absolutely love seeing a real world physical yeah. uh, darkness to light or heat to cool or whatever it is that is the contrast that their work makes in a physical world and i think that there's value in the vocational field specifically for those students that we know or have were in classes alongside with in high school or middle school and where they struggled in english or history or any other class where they had to write or read or uh, discuss, but they were awesome when it came to woodshop or agri or anything where they were able to make something useful. That makes me think of a quote. I, I want to attribute it to Einstein, but I could be in incorrect. But it's if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, um, it will always it will live its life thinking that it is dumb, mm -hmm. right? And I think that sometimes for some kids, to parrot what you're saying, that uh, expecting liberal arts is like forcing a fish to climb a tree, mm -hmm. right? And I think we could also not necessarily make it sound like vocational arts is the catch, like the net uh, where, where students go if they can't cut it in the liberal arts field. Mm -hmm. I don't want to make it feel like we're no, saying that. No, of course but, not. But rather to just say that when we, whenever we are looking at spaces that uh, we are practicing and trying to figure out ourselves within those spaces, mm -hmm. if we can find a space where we feel maximized we feel like our passions and our drive and our energy is most attuned to that space i think that could be where a lot of people end up in vocational areas because that's the space where they feel most useful and most alive so to speak i feel like those are great points thanks james <laughs> um i think i think a lot of obviously a lot of education is what the individual makes of it like the person that's going through the experience yeah. Um, the effort that they put into it. Uh, like th I know the last few episodes we've kind of been talking a lot about, actually even for this episode, the environment that the learner is in and how that impacts the learner and the experience they have. I think that liberal arts education has 
a lot of positive things. I really valued many, many aspects of my liberal arts education. And I think most people who go to a liberal arts school find um, a lot of value in it. But I also think that maybe sometimes the way that we treat people who go to vocational schools or we consider that, oh, it's not you're not as good at critical thinking or, oh, you don't have as wide of a range of knowledge or, oh, right, it puts them into mm -hmm. a box that's really unfair. Um, and I think that vocational education is just as valid as liberal arts education. Um, and then for some learners and some contexts is maybe even a better route to go than to go to a liberal arts education. I agree with you, Abigail. And I, I, I feel kind of weird because I love liberal arts. I've clearly felt like it was a good choice for me and I would encourage anyone to do it, but I also know, I, I think of the words of my dad and my mom, I think they both said this separately at some point when I was in high school and I was telling them that I wanted to become a teacher, but I was worried that I would never mm -hmm. make enough money to sustain myself by myself. Mm -hmm. And they, they both told me, do a job that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Mm. And that if you love that job, that like do it because it doesn't matter how much money you make, anything else. And mm. while money is more of a plus in most vocational jobs because you get paid by the hour being a plumber, or an electrician, anything else, I do, um, I think that it just comes down to what work will bring you alive. What work will make you feel like you're never working a day in your life. Mm. And if that's vocational, go for it. Uh, I actually kind of kind of agree with both of you. I think, like I've said before, education is what the learner is able to make of it. Um, the one thing that I disagree is you guys are, I think, um, not giving enough recognition for the value of a liberal arts. And I think I think it's it's better. Uh, it better I think it better equips individuals than a vocational school and I'm definitely not saying that people who go to vacation vocational school vacation I would totally go to vacational school <laughs> that sounds <laughs> It'd fun. Be the best. but people who go to va Learn vocational school um, you know I'm not saying that they're you know poor poor learners or that they can't think critically um, but I think the experience of a liberal arts uh, college better equips someone to be a better thinker and someone who's able to mm. apply knowledge in multiple areas instead of in one focused area. So they both have value, but I think the value is a little bit greater in a liberal arts um, setting. So what I actually want to do is end with a quote. This quote is by an art history professor, uh, Professor Kitao, and here is what the quote is. The knowledge you learn about the subject of the course is its nominal benefit. It is like the stated moral at the end of a fable. The real substance of learning is something more subtle and complex and profound, which cannot be easily summarized, like the story itself. It has to be experienced, and it is as an experience that it becomes an integral part of the person. Learning how to learn by learning how to think makes a well-educated person. Um, so to me, that, that kind of sums up the, the argument that I've been trying to make is that the liberal arts degree provides you with the experience and the context in which you can learn how to think broadly and hopefully to think well. So it seems like once again, we've 
not completely been inconclusive, but just a little inconclusive. Thanks for listening. And once again, you've reached the inconclusive end of the inconclusive podcast. Sharing is caring. If you like this episode, please share it with your friends and family. Also, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Inconclusive Podcast. Talk to you next time.